Hey everybody, and welcome back to season two of Skate Spot Pod. We thank you all for tuning in today. We have a ton of great skate spots to get through during this new season. So we hope that you are all as pumped as we are to kick this new season off. We have launched a new website in which we will be uploading all of our skate spots and all of our research. So you will be able to find these in the links provided in the description of each podcast. So please go away and look at more of the accompanying material. We will be posting images and videos and they will all be housed in one spot just to make it easier for you all. So we also see that some listeners have been giving us reviews, so thanks a lot for that. Please continue to do so, as it will really help our podcast rank better in the streaming services and hopefully be discovered by more people. So let's kick off this episode and take a trip to Catonsville in Baltimore County, Maryland. Cascade Skate Park is located off Route 40 in Catonsville, and the remnants of this park still remain Yet today, it is hidden amongst bush, dirt, and scrap. At any rate, it's a very cool spot that was a huge part of skateboarding in the 1970s and also is now a huge part of skateboarding history. So if we go into the bit of the early history about Cascade Skate Park, so basically it was built by a guy called Lee Plate, and Lee had a dream. So when Lee was a kid, he was really into racing cars and he could never really find a safe place to do so. So when his son David became completely obsessed with skateboarding, and the fact at the time that there was no safe or even real legal place to do so in the area, it gave birth to an idea which would later develop into the construction of Cascade Skate Park. So Lee, he took the plunge and he sold his stake in an auto service station in which he was a co-owner and he partnered up with another local businessman called Joe Mullaney. Now, both Lee and Joe did a lot of research a year before the construction of the skate park. So they visited parks up and down the East Coast and they were able to gain inspiration, but most importantly, identify a lot of the mistakes that were regularly being repeated. So they are quoted saying that when they were ready to start designing Cascade, they basically knew not what to do. And I think that this is a very important part of any business owner who wanting to go in and develop skate parks at that point in time. There was a lot of people that just didn't know much about skateboarding at all, wanted to earn a few quick bucks and would put something together that was, you know, pretty subpar and pretty below a really decent standard. So very good idea that they took so much time to actually travel around and check out those parks that were working well and also looking at those things that were not working so well so they didn't obviously keep those mistakes going into their business. So Cascade Skate Park ended up being a 250,000 US dollar facility on two acres that housed seven different types of outdoor bowls and pools. So Cascade Skate Park was opened in the August of 1978. And just the setup on this place would have been really epic. So I stumbled across an old flyer that was made for the park and they really had thought of a lot when it came to the variety of the terrain. So what was included at Cascade was an indoor pool, 
which was geared at more of the advanced skaters. There was also a 50-meter bank downhill slalom, freestyle competition area, snake runs, and just a range of different pools. There was a half pipe there as well, so there was just a lot for kids to be able to go in there and really have a good time and push skateboarding to their limits. So the indoor pool probably was their most famous bowl, and it really looks pretty damn epic. So the indoor pool was 24 feet wide, and it was 10 and a half feet deep. So the pool was opened a little bit later in January of 1979. The indoor facility also included a pro shop where equipment could be hired and bought, accompanied by pinball machines and snack bars and all the rest of it. So during a short period after the facility opened, there were a few invitational contests that were held at Cascade. One I found in some old newspaper clippings uh, that was held on the 3rd of March, 1979. Yet from what I can gather on social media and just really kind of diving into the research in this place, it really was a hub for skateboarders in Baltimore during the 1970s. So Cascade Skate Park was one of two skate parks in the area at the time. The other facility was called the Concrete Wave. So these two were really the first skate parks to be opened in the Baltimore County area. So as we move into the 1980s, unfortunately, the majority of the skate park was destroyed, yet one bowl would remain for a very unlikely reason. So apparently this bowl was built to act as a water drainage system. Now, during the construction of Cascade, the amount of soil that was actually shifted and the fact that the grounds were slightly slanted, an agreement was made between the county and the owners to build an additional bowl which would also act as a water runoff station. And that bowl is actually still hooked up to the storm water system to this day. So during the past few decades, it has still been skated and has survived despite having a number of heavy objects along with dirt, branches and metal and everything that's been actually dumped into the bowl. So interesting that that's the only reason it's actually surviving is because it's still hooked up to the county's stormwater system. But luckily it's still there so we can get a small glimpse of what Cascade once was like. So looking at how Cascade has been used over the past few decades, despite the attempts to make this place completely unrideable, it has made a feature in a few films and also magazines. So it did make a feature in Powell's Chaos, which was released in 1992. And it also is featured in one of Thrasher's magazines called Thrasher's Epic Spots, The Places You Must Skate Before You Die. So from what we can gather, it has always been a known spot that did gather skaters during the 80s, 90s, and also early 2000s. So there are also some videos that are featuring people who are coming to Cascade and also clearing out all the rubble and all the metal and everything like that, and who are actually making it skatable again. We do have a video of a crew who turn up and do that on our website. So definitely go and check out the article that we have published if you want to check out that video as well. 
So this is a pretty amazing spot and a pretty amazing facility back in the day. There is a bit of a legend going around that the indoor bowl still exists and that it is in some sort of warehouse that's been built around it. This is yet to be confirmed and I don't think anybody can really confirm that. It's just sort of like a rumor. It would be pretty cool to check out if that uh, pretty deep bowl still exists. But yeah, it's just more of a, of a local legend, I think. But if anybody can confirm that, we would really like to hear from you. So our second spot, we're going to be taking a trip to Australia and we're going to be looking at one of the first skate parks to be built in the country at the time. Now, apart from the Albany Snake Run, which was built in 1976, Canberra in the ACT or the Australian Capital Territory, for those who don't know, has a number of iconic skate parks that stand up as some of the earliest to be built in the country at the time. So the spot we're going to feature is called the Charnwood Bowl, and it is a bowl and actual snake run, and it's regarded as Australia's second oldest skate park. So luckily enough that this park uh, actually still exists, even though it is a bit rough around the edges, it is still very rideable. So the story of this park begins in 1979, and it seems like there's always been a bit of controversy around this place, and it has been kind of scrutinized from the very beginning. So what we have is a more shallow snake run that is around 36 meters in length. It's not very deep. It's only around about three foot deep. And at the end of that, you sort of had this small to medium sized bowl, which couldn't be more than four feet deep, if that. So it is pretty small. So it's limited to no skate spots in the state at the time. The skateboarding community were trying to push for a spot that would cater for the popularity of the sport. So some residents were also on board with this project as they were seeing that a lot of kids were skateboarding in the streets and it was becoming pretty unsafe. So there was a clear divide in the community at the time. So there was an equal split of those who were for and also those who were against the skate park development in the area. So the development of the skate park kicked off in the August of 1979 in a small park in the suburb of Charnwood in Canberra. Yet once the work commenced in clearing the site, local residents put a halt on the construction by gathering enough people to sign a petition opposing the project. Now, apparently the NCDC, or what that stands for is National Capital Development Commission, did not make the residents aware that there would be an actual skate park constructed in the area. And the residents' main concern was the fact that the park was actually not big enough, or they didn't feel the park was big enough to fit a skate park. And the park really does kind of back right onto a lot of the homes in the area. So a lot of the people who were living in the area were super confused on why this place was actually chosen to host a skate park, and they felt that there was a number of other parks and larger spaces that could have been more appropriate for the snake run and bowl. So as it looks from digging into a bunch of old newspaper articles, there were a few local kids that should be credited for pushing the project of the Charnwood Bowl. So 20 local kids rallied together and they created their own petition going against the parents who were opposing the park's construction. 
They were also backed by a number of adults in the area that were positive for this project. And during late August 1979, there was this town meeting that was held to discuss the project, which was pushed through and work was finally commenced on finishing the skate park during the September of 1979. Now, there is some discrepancy on the date for this skate park, so a lot of sources say that it was built during 1978, yet all the newspapers that we found about the park's construction are dated in 1979. So we actually are going to go off the newspaper articles and we are going to place this being built and finished in the September of 1979. Now, gaining any more information on this place and how it was used for the decades after is pretty limiting. We know that there were these modifications that were made on the snake run section over time. And it's really bizarre because on one of the sides, they've built like this gutter. And at the top, there are like just like boulders and these large stones that are molded into the cement. So it makes the lip or the entire lip of one side of the snake run completely unrideable. It is pretty ridiculous. Not quite sure why or who did this, but it really kind of destroys half of the, well, at least one side of the snake run. We did post some photos of this place up on some Facebook groups. So we did actually get a response that it made the cover of a retro skateboarding magazine to come out of Australia at the time. And that was called Skate and Life. And this is on the cover of their January, February issue from 1990. We have actually posted that up on the article on our website, so please do check that out. So most recently, the Canberra Skateboarding Association actually submitted paperwork to the Australian government in regards to a proposed ACT skateboarding strategy to address the current and future infrastructure and maintenance needs for a lot of these types of old parks to come out of the ACT. So the Charnwood Bowl was on their list of parks that should be maintained and also expanded. There are actually quite a few old skate parks that were built in Canberra, as we did mention, and another really ominous, just epic place is something called the Canberra U-Pipe. This thing is fucking crazy and we will do a feature on this place probably another episode because we want to dedicate a bit more time to this spot. Uh, and this was actually built shortly after the Charnwood Bowl. This U-pipe still exists and it's just actually been saved from being demolished and it is just a gnarly spot. So if you can't wait for our episode, please do check out the Canbar U-pipe. So based on kind of like this total lack of information and media, it looks like the Charnwood Bowl was used less and less over time. There are a couple of YouTube videos of this place, which we have up on our website, yet based on, I think, just the, it's not remote, but a location that's kind of just basically plonked in the middle of a suburb, and I guess the limited space and how small the snake run actual bowl is, it just kind of fell out of use. If anyone has any further information or media on the Charnwood Bowl, please do get in contact with us because we would love to hear from you. And that was it for the first episode of season two. We hope you enjoyed both of these spots. And again, we have featured two articles about these. So you can jump onto our website and also have a look at the images and videos that we have posted. We really thank you for coming back to our second season. We hope that you have missed this podcast. We're not sure whether we will be releasing 
an episode weekly during our season two, but we will be still posting episodes pretty frequently so please do stay tuned if you really want to keep updated on when we release our latest episodes just hit the follow button on any of the streaming services that you are using again if you really like our podcast and want to support us the best thing that you can do is actually just place a review i know spotify it's super simple all you have to do is just hit how many stars out of five you'll give us pretty well the same for apple podcasts as well if you want to drop a really nice comment on apple podcasts and saying that you really like this podcast then that would also be much appreciated we do have a smaller base of listeners and we are growing but we really need to have more exposure and we need to be getting this podcast out in front of more people so please do all you can to help us So thanks very much for tuning in to our first episode of season two. We'll be back again shortly with another episode. Have a great day, everybody, or great evening, wherever you are in the world, and we will speak soon. Take care. Bye.